Hello, and welcome to the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I'm Tamara, a photographer and creative director for beauty, wellness, and lifestyle brands and professionals, and your host of Real Talk with Tamara. So this podcast covers actionable, down-to-earth business and lifestyle advice for creative entrepreneurs who aspire to make an impact in their communities while keeping it real, of course. A little housekeeping before we get into it. Please follow or subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And comments are currency, so please leave a comment. You may just get a shout out on an upcoming episode. I am totally excited for this episode because I am chatting with Davia Roberts, who is a good friend and the occasional edge snatcher. <laughs> so during this episode, we're covering radical self-care practices for Black women, something that is so important, especially during today's climate. And we have to learn how to not only balance our checkbooks, but also our mental health as well. And Davia offers an amazing and honest perspective on how we can begin doing that. But before jumping into this edge snatching episode, here's a little bit more about Davia. After nearly a decade in social services, Davia has become a recognized expert in the mental health and wellness field. Inspired to make wellness accessible to diverse communities, she created an online platform that cultivated an international audience of thousands. She created and hosted the Affirm podcast, which has been featured in publications like Bustle, Madame Noir, and Black Enterprise for its popularity among listeners seeking practical mental health resources. Her passion for educating others about mental health in a humorous and relatable way has made her a nationally sought after keynote speaker, workshop facilitator, and panelist. I hope you enjoy this episode just as much as I enjoyed recording it. Hey, Davia. So thank you so much for, for being on the Real Talk with Tamara podcast. I want us to get right into the conversation. So I love your approach to mental, to mental health thank because you. it's really realistic. It's intentional. It's raw. And it's really for the protection of Black women, at least from my perspective. So I just really want to get into the questions. So the first one being, you know, self-care right now is such a buzzword. <laughs> As you sign on me. And I'm a Taurus. So I've used the word plenty of times to, you know, explain most of my buying choices and also my eating habits. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is a current misconception of self-care that you see? I'm going to be totally honest. I'm going to make a lot of people mad listening to this episode. <laughs> That's all right. Make them mad. Like, like my, You'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. My audience is used to, you know, being informed with a side of shade. And so you know, that is what we're here for. This is a safe space for it. It's a loving drag. That's all it is. It's a, there's love behind it. Okay. So... I think the most important place for me to start is simply with my definition of self-care. Self-care is an intentional practice that restores you either physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, financially, um, that really gives you what you need. So the thing about self-care is that a lot of us use it to validate something that makes us feel good. What makes us feel good isn't always what we need. So me going to shop because I had a rough day at work and someone pissed me off and I'm going to buy a new purse because I deserve 
self-care. I'm like, no, boo, that's not self-care. That's called avoiding your feelings and you're not sitting down and actually getting the needs you you want addressed. Um, and so I get a lot of people, especially like previous clients, you know, doing therapy work. It's like, you know, I do a lot of retail therapy. I'm like, oh, so you're avoidant. They're like, wait, that's not a thing. I'm like, no, you're being avoidant. And so I think the biggest misconception is that if you do anything that brings pleasure, it's self-care. And that's not necessarily true because we engage in a lot of, you know, behaviors that feel great, that aren't good for us overall. And that varies from person to person. Um, but also that you have to spend money to do self-care. That's a whole lot. Mm -hmm. And so I think those are the biggest things to just understand and ask yourself, like, what do I actually need in this moment? Like deep, you know, below the surface, what do I need and how can I have that addressed? And when you can answer, how can that need be addressed? Then you're practicing self-care. That was the most professional, subtle drag <laughs> that also pulled the little edges that I have um, that I've ever heard in regards to self-care because I do find that we, I mean, speaking of myself, I am an avoidant. Uh, type personality. So, you know, I like to fill my basket with things, whether it be mm -hmm. tangible or intangible, so that I can avoid certain things that I need to take care of or just push it to the side. Thankfully, in therapy, I'm able to have that self awareness, as you mentioned, to say, hey, this is something that I do. What can I do to combat that? Yeah. So that I am, you know, doing self-care healthy and also safely <laughs> yeah and i and i appreciate like you even just bringing it, it up as far as you know like most of us you know have some avoidant you know tendencies mm -hmm. <laughs> because we're in such a society that says let's let's have like a microwave solution like let's feel better now none of us enjoy discomfort so if we can find an easy way to ease into comfort we're gonna we typically go for it mm -hmm. however like you said it's increasing that self-awareness to say beyond this feel-good moment what do i need mm -hmm. because at the end of the day buying that purse getting that food eating whatever it is doing whatever it is you're still going to come back to that same rooted issue. And I'm like, that's what needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. All the other things are just fleeting moments. Mm -hmm. It's temporary. This episode of the Real Talk with Tamara podcast is brought to you by Celeste Soul Jewelry. Empowered women empower women. And Real Talk with Tamara serves as a platform to spotlight other women-owned businesses who are making a difference in their communities. Celeste Soul Jewelry offers chic, everyday jewelry to complement the modern woman's hustle and spirit. And I'm already a major fan of their jewelry and own a few pieces myself. You've probably seen me wearing the disc earrings and large soul coin necklace on the gram. These pieces are officially in my everyday rotation and I am always complimented whenever I wear one of their pieces. And even better, a percentage of proceeds support organizations in need, including the Garden of Eden Foundation, where Celeste Soul provided prom jewelry for over 200 girls in a New York metro area. One of the best ways to support a small business is with our wallets. And as a thank you, Celeste Soul has offered a promo code 
for Real Talk with Tamara listeners. Use code RTWT15 for a limited time to receive 15%. Yeah, 15% on your purchase when you shop on CelesteSoul.com. Check out the link and the code in the show notes. Look good, do good, feel good. So speaking, speaking of Black women, you know, what is a mes- misconception about self-care and how it relates to us? Because I do feel like in addition to self-care being misdiagnosed as pleasure, like whatever makes me feel good is self-care. I do feel like that there's, that self-care is also affected by classism. And so it's not really, I mean, it's a question, but I would love your, your insight and opinion on that. And I guess I am participating in the drag as well, but I do feel like, you know, I'm afforded certain levels of self-care because of my status. And with that, I shouldn't be judging someone else who maybe cannot, you know, experience self-care, quote unquote, the way that I can. So I would love to just hear your idea of like in regards to black women what's a misconception that we think about self-care yes i mean that question within itself is a whole hour long you know it is it is for sure (laughs) i mean several hours i i believe that number one we're all in different life stages we all have different resources that are available to us and so with that being said worry about yourself. <laughs> you know, I think it's easy for us to judge other people and what they consider self-care. There are times when there are definitely clients I've worked with who buying a purse for them is legitimate self-care because them purchasing this item is the first time that they've purchased anything for them for themselves in months. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't a place of avoidance. It's them making this declaration that says, it's okay for me to have nice things. And it's okay for me to enjoy this moment. And so I think it's really important for us to recognize that, yes, classism definitely plays a role. Who we think is afforded the luxury of being able to engage in self-care, who deserves self-care, because you're broke. You should be working. You're poor. You need to be working nonstop. You don't have time for a break. And, you know, that's a bunch of crap. Yep. And so... You know, we can we can definitely internalize those messages. And especially as Black women, we've already been told that we're lazy. Um, black folks have gotten that message, even though we know historically, like, that makes no sense whatsoever. But we still internalize these things and say that we have to do everything for everyone and that we come last. And so for some of us, us even slowing down and taking a break or not answering a phone call is a very radical step in self-care that says, I don't have the emotional energy to engage and I'm going to step away. And I think that can be one of the most powerful things for black women to recognize is that number one, we are worthy of self-care and it doesn't have to be this luxury. Don't get it twisted. It does look for, it, it looks different for each of us because of the resources that we're afforded. For someone who is wealthy, your self-care may look like, I'm just going to leave work today because I'm emotionally spent and I'm not focusing and I just need to recharge. Whereas for someone else who doesn't have the luxury of being able to take off, I'm going to go to the bathroom and just have five minutes by myself. It looks different, but we all have some type of access to it. 
it just may not seem like the the tactics that are marketed to us through Instagram, through social media, by these companies. And so I think that's the thing for us to recognize. Mm -hmm. You pretty much answered my next question. So I'm actually going to move on. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) No, it's it's not bad at all. You know, you, you brought something up about, you know, regardless of the act that it, that we do, it is based off of the individual and whatever they deem radical. And that, you know, is the title of this episode is Radical Self-Care Practices for Black Women. As you said, it can look like totally different things. But at the same time, I find that a lot of Black women, you know, we're opening businesses faster than the national average. (laughs) So it's really (laughs) crucial that we balance our checkbooks and also our mental health. But at the same time, you know, I think that sometimes, or at least I can only speak to myself, you know, when I am working on getting my shit together, I may not necessarily be thinking about Mm self-care. And sometimes on social, I feel really guilty because I'm not immediately incorporating it into my self-care. So how can someone balance getting their shit together (laughs) and not feeling guilty about not being able to incorporate it once a week, three times a week, you know what I mean? Like whatever that looks like. I don't know if that makes sense, you know? No, I I totally hear you. I, I think even just listening to you talking, I think sometimes we believe that self-care practices have to feel good or that they don't require intention and, and work. And so once again, self-care is an intentional practice um, to restore. And so like you mentioned, if financial freedom and not having to worry about your bills, number one, financial self-care is very much a thing because no one wants to be pressed about how they go pay rent next month. <laughs> um, but that also means that you may have to say no to certain things that you want. Maybe you do want to go out and socialize with your friends and they're going to a a $40 brunch and you're like, "Mm -mm, I ain't got it. (laughs) And so saying no in that moment may feel like a sacrifice or it may feel like you're withholding self-care because you're like, I want to enjoy my friends. However, does it restore you in another way? Every form of self-care does not necessarily feel pleasant. A form of self-care for me is going to therapy. Therapy sucks a lot, a lot. (laughs) I'm like, oh, oh, I'm I'm trash. Oh, that that was that was horrible. Okay, cool, 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 cool. (laughs) Yeah, let me let me interrupt you there because like I think people I, I think the people who have done therapy understand that while it is ridiculously beneficial and allows you to see your own bullshit eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the work to uncover those practices of becoming more self-aware is, excuse my language, fucking hard. It is the hardest thing that you can do to pretty much have someone who is hopefully unbiased to your shit mm-hmm. and, and, and serve as a mirror for you. But it is incredibly hard to just sit there for 60 minutes. <laughs> And share all the shit and not come out of it to be like, well, I blame everyone else. No, sometimes it's you. Yeah. And that is really, really hard to do. Therapy is hard. It's worth it 
but it's ridiculously hard. It is it not is. fun. And, and I've, you know, obviously like I have a whole background in counseling and I'm a therapist and all of that. And so I've had to have very honest conversations with clients who want to work with me. And in the first session say, look, is this your first time doing therapy? All right. I want to, you know, get rid of some misconceptions about this process. This is not going to be all sunshine and rainbows and pats on the back and say you're special and you're great. You know, we are, it's like gardening. You know, we want this beautiful garden and we want to experience all the abundance abundance and we want to see the growth however that means we have to get in the dirt that means we got to dig through some stuff we got to get through some weeds and it's gonna feel real uncomfortable many times and it's like what are you willing to do to get to that place of abundance to feel growth and to be able to step back and be like oh I did that there's going to be some discomfort there may be some pain and I think we have to normalize that even with self-care there may be some discomfort around like setting boundaries for yourself and for others and i want us to normalize that sometimes part of your self-care is making hard decisions that don't always feel pleasurable even to you and i have to ask myself often what am i willing to sacrifice what am i willing to do in order to have the life that i desire for myself and if those things don't align, if certain choices don't align, then I need to shift or I need to be comfortable with the outcome if I don't make a change. Mm -hmm. Because there are, there are circumstances for every choice. Mm -hmm. There's consequences for every choice. For every single choice, good, um, bad, or indifferent. Exactly. I looked at some of the episodes that you have from your podcast firm podcast check it out y'all <laughs> um and i really loved really all of the things that you talked about which is why i wanted you here because it's just so raw and honest and one of the episodes was speaking to how anxiety is not a white thing and also that issues there's issues with having a positive vibes only attitude yeah and <laughs> i find for me that only ignoring one part of your life and the actual emotions, as we've been saying in this whole episode, is a detriment to your mental health and also your overall being. So how can a person, or even just as the general collective, do a better job of offering a safe space to each other to share just when things just aren't good? Because they're not always going to be good. And I think- yeah that's kind of why we're in this space where self-care is kind of convoluted and only, oh, let's do what feels good as opposed to, yeah, let's do what feels good, but also let's do the hard shit too, because that's going to eventually make me feel good. So how can we do a better job of just offering a safe space just to pretty much be whole, yeah. essentially? That's a great question. Um, so two things come to mind. The first is our own basic education and understanding around like feelings and mental health. And then the other part is our own self-awareness. And so starting with the education piece, especially with black folks, I love us. I love us pieces. However, comma, <laughs> when it comes to mental health stuff, there is definitely still a stigma that remains that mental illness is for people who are weak, people who are too Americanized, you know, like we're tougher than this. Our grandfathers were tougher than this. They didn't deal with these things. Why are you saying you feel this way? Tough it out. Just white knuckle it. And the reality is um, 
I'm pretty sure, got a feeling that our ancestors were dealing with mental illnesses. I'm pretty sure. I just have, somewhere along the lines, I just believe there's some PTSD from this thing called enslavement. Possibly. Maybe I could be wrong. Um, <laughs> however, we just get it in our minds and create this narrative and go along with this narrative that has proven to be harmful to us, that we're strong. Um, we're supernaturally strong. We're stronger than the average. But all that does is, is harm us. It harms us mentally because we don't believe that we're allowed the same space to be human and fall apart or to desire and need support. And we are simply wired to need support, to be able to process life with other folks in a real and vulnerable way that goes below the surface. That superficial connection doesn't go very far. Like we're all connected to tons of people online, but you're not hitting those people up when you've had a rough day. You're simply not. And so us having some understanding that we need more and having awareness about mental health, how it can appear in our lives, is step one. Also being in a space where we have self-awareness about our own feelings and how we handle our own feelings very much influences how we relate to others. Mm -hmm. If you can't even sit in your own shit, then I know you can't handle mine. If you are constantly running away from your own darkness and you don't know how to cope in those moments where it, get, it gets bleak, then can you actually sit with me in my moment of darkness without fear or without projecting? And I think we need to get into this space where we can be okay with having our feelings because feelings aren't bad or good. They simply are. They make some feel more comfortable, more acceptable um, than others, but they're not. Anger isn't a bad emotion. It's an emotion. It can be very much justified. What we do in response with it is what can get us in trouble. Mm -hmm. And so I think us being able to just, number one, have awareness and education about our own emotions and connecting to them without judgment is what can what can allow us to have more compassion and empathy towards one another but if we're so stuck in shame around our own feelings we're so much more likely to project and judge others when they experience the same i can end the episode right <laughs> I have like two more questions for you and I know you have to go because you, mm -hmm. you have to do this work with all of this being said, I actually want to turn the tables on you a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like overdoing that. Okay. <laughs> because, you know, first of all, I met Davia earlier this year and, um, it's been just a delight just being in her presence. And also that I just know a woman who like does this work and is passionate about this work and makes space for others and does radical things too to make space for herself, which leads me to this question. Speaking of the Affirm podcast, mm -hmm. okay, which was bomb. I thank you. I was doing my research, okay? <laughs> and I saw her New Year's Eve, just an FYI. So that is why I wanted to ask this question. Um, so you made the decision not to go forward with it, mm -hmm. you know, even though you had a quarter of a million downloads of this podcast and you didn't even have like 50 episodes, I think. Mm -mm. Was that a personal act of self-care for you? Like knowing when to let certain things go in order to make more space for Hell yourself? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so if I'm completely honest, 
I was doing reflecting earlier this week and I was, so I still have a Patreon and I'm wrapping that up. Like we have a few episodes to do, to, to go before I wrap up completely for Patreon for the Affirm Supporters. But one of the things that I was doing was asking a question like, you know, we set all these goals for each year, but how often do we actually think about like, what is our overarching purpose in our life? And how do my goals align with that? And once, you know, it, and if you don't have clarity around your purpose, it's like thinking about, okay, what, what are the themes in my life? Like, what have I done? What organizations have I joined? All that jazz, what jobs have I worked? And every single theme in my life has, about, has been about service to others. And so working with children, working in schools, counseling, volunteering, fundraising, all of that has about, been about service to others. And every full-time job I've had has been with a nonprofit. And so all of my career and even my activities outside of that, you know, professional life have been about service to others. And that means I'm constantly pouring into folks and it just becomes a norm and that's what's expected. And many times because I mean, I'm a stereotypical cancer. It's like, of course you're a cancer. Of course you chose this field. <laughs> but because I am just naturally nurturing and like to like cheerlead, um, most people don't see me down. And so the expectation is that I'm fine at all times. I'm like, nah, gee, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> and when I have made certain needs known, they haven't always been addressed. And I've had to make very bold decisions in my career and say, I can care about you and also care about me and I can step away. And so with the Affirm podcast, I'm like, I am doing all of these things, you know, as a freelancer and trying to take care of myself and, and transition and grow and reflect and do th all the things. And I'm like, without help, I cannot keep doing this by myself. And like you said, I have a, had a quarter of a million downloads and I didn't get the support I needed. And I'm like, I appreciate everyone who did support, but this is also kind of a sign like, hey, it is okay for me to let things go. I'm happy that it reached a lot of people, but as I've gotten older, I have found more boldness and courage in saying no and saying I may enjoy something, I may find purpose in it, and I can still release. I think some of us feel indebted to certain things, or we feel if there's a should attached to something, I should keep doing something. And we push ourselves beyond what, beyond where we need to go. And I think, I just want to name for anybody who may be listening, I'm like, if you're feeling guilt, if you're feeling overwhelmed, maybe take a break. If you start back up and you still can't shake it, Maybe it's time to transition, pivot, or let that thing go. And that be okay and there not be shame attached to it. But to answer your question in short, it was very much a very intentional decision about let me take care of myself if I feel that this is taking more out of me than I can, than I can spare at this moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for that very timely message, I'm sure, not only for listeners, but also for myself. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> For that. <laughs> Very well. Before we wrap up, are there any last minute thoughts that you wanted to share on just the importance of creating a realistic, personalized self-care practice for us thriving Black women, entrepreneurs, or 
people on the corporate ladder, like any last minute thoughts? Yeah. I think when we think about self-care and we think about well-being, it is pivotal for us to think about our needs beyond our business needs. And so not just, okay, what systems do I need so that everything is flowing? Baby, what systems do you need so that you're okay? So that you don't have a breakdown? <laughs> like, let's think about that. Um, read me, Davina. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, read let's, me. Let's consider, you know, <laughs> let's, let's ponder, you know, what do you need? You know, and I think we're so quick to get on one side that we forget, like, we're a whole human. We have needs. Do you have people that you can call on? Um, and that also means you being not you, us, because I have to call myself out too, um, us having the courage to be vulnerable when we're not feeling it. I can be honest and say like last week, oh, I was in a dark place. I was not feeling it. And I was like, I feel heavy. I don't want to do anything. The depression is kicking in. My ass is getting kicked. Um, And having to call a friend that I trust and be like, hey, this is where I'm at. Um, Being able to process and her checking in on me. But I'm like, do we have systems and places that we can go to? Are we willing to be uncomfortable and start developing that support system? And even when we think about, you know, these self-care practices and we think about well-being, some of us are in this space of, well, you know, I can make room for self-care, you know, like twice a month. Baby, do you make room to eat twice a month? No, this is a daily thing. This is something that has to happen every single day. It's not something you earn. Um, you don't work for rest. You work from rest. Mm-hmm. And so implementing like, okay, what's my bedtime routine look like? Maybe that's just putting some lavender on my pillow so I can ease to sleep. You know, maybe that's having a water bottle by my bed. So when I wake up, I'm getting hydrated. Water and hydration very much affect depression. So being aware of simple things that we overlook but very much impact our well-being. But I would encourage anyone to number one, think about what you need to feel at peace. And if you don't know what that is, I want you to consider during the moments that I felt peace or a sense of ease in my life, what did I have? What contributed to that? And how can I integrate that into my daily life? Because we're always going to have things vying for our attention. Um, but there's something about having awareness about what we need and what helps us thrive and not waiting for us to get into a place of darkness or feeling stuck before we engage those practices. You don't have to earn your rest or your peace. We all deserve it. Via, this was an amazing edge snatch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, this was really so good. So um, before we close out, please tell people how they can find you online. Yes. Well, if you want to connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram, my handle is just Davia, J-U-S-T-D-A-V-I-A. And my website is justdavia.com. Um, and you can check out the Affirm podcast. I am no longer continuing, but all the episodes are found on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, something else, um, Spotify, the things. You can find it. <laughs> so definitely check those out. Join a newsletter because I am doing a lot of great things this year that I'm excited about. But but thank you for having me on the show. Like, I appreciate it. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. This was amazing. And on that note, this wraps up another edition of Real Talk with Tamara. Real talk for real women. If you like what you've heard, please share with Reckless Abandon. 
And don't forget to follow on iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss out on the next episode. Until next time, remember to grind with grace and love, peace, and do you, boo.